Welcome to the West of North London podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Tim. Tim, how are you doing this week? Not bad, not bad. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, losing sleep to kids, but <laughs> other than that, uh, I'm here. I'm alive. I'm hanging in. Uh, we're in week two of our winter break, or Arsenal's winter break. Yeah. We don't get a break. Arsenal gets the break. <laughs> um, but uh, before we get into everything... What, yeah. are you, what are you drinking this week? Oh, I'm drinking a uh, Fuzz from Structures in Bellingham. It's a IPA. Structures is actually one of my like secret favorite beer breweries. I almost said beer making place, which doesn't work nope, at all. I get it. That's but, perfect. <laughs> but uh, one of my favorite breweries in the state and probably of all times. They're kind of not well known unless you're into the beer thing. And then like they have lines around the block when they do their limited releases. They're... They're pretty uh, interesting, so I recommend if you see it on a shelf, definitely take a chance to pick it up. That's that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I've got uh, another Georgetown beer. I think we, did we drink a Georgetown last week? Yeah, was yeah. it Rogers last? No, it wasn't Rogers. No, might have just. Oh, it's Bodie's Alpha. That's Bodie's Alpha. Yeah. There we go. This week it's the Rogers Pilsner, going a little bit lighter than I usually go, but they actually pretty much nail every type of beer that they make. So. The Rogers Pilsner from Georgetown, pretty good. Um, so we've there hasn't been a whole lot to really talk about. It's been no. so quiet. I think we we hit the news drought after <laughs> after the the window closed, and then they went on break. And so here we are, week two, with very little to talk about. But we're gonna we're gonna put something together. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually tried on Sunday to wake up to watch a soccer game because I hadn't watched any soccer, which for me is crazy weird. Get so I, withdrawals. Yeah, exactly. So I, I ended up waking up at 8.30 instead of recording games or anything like that to catch the game. And of course, it was the Man City uh, West Ham game that got rained out. Of course. Yeah. Which was very disappointing. I didn't know you could rain out a soccer game. Well, I think it was a wind. It was wind and rain, which if you can just do rain, that's fine. But the wind, it could really... Yeah. mess your game up so i don't know i've said it in some uh, really windy rainy games over at century lake field or that's like a, actually, win, a wind tunnel over there yeah or in toronto like for the mls cup final in 2016 it was freezing cold well i guess there wasn't rain but there's was a lot of wind but well is that it's right on the water there yeah. right yeah i don't know how they you'd, you'd have like that off off what do they call that uh the lake Kind of the lake effect sort yeah. of thing where it yeah, blows in all the cold air off the water. That sounds miserable for oh, yeah. pretty much all their games. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we've we got uh, the end of the break in sight. We start, start up again this coming weekend. Uh, so there's a Sunday match um, with Newcastle. Yeah. And... I think when it, when I was looking at the the schedule, we've got mostly winnable games ahead of us, except for a, um, a Man City game coming yeah. up. But before we get to that, um, we're this is the last third of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had Arteta for I think we we said last week it was like ten games, something yeah. like that. Um, so at this point, we pretty much know. Kind of what 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 we're going to be getting from him, but there's maybe a turning point here to be seen from this break. Like, do you feel like we? How do you feel about what we're going to see from Arteta after this? Well, I I think having a break 
is a good thing. You can see it in the interviews that have been kind of popping out of the players that have come through. Leno's given an interview about togetherness. Uh, it feels like a PR push, if, yeah. I was, if I'm honest. Because everybody's kind of like towing this line that everything's better, Arteta is better, Yeah, and the team's more of a team. It seemed like everybody was kind of saying the same thing. Yeah, that was on the line. Whether it's true or not, I don't know, but... Uh, Arteta definitely, I mean, Arteta came out, I believe it was today or yesterday with a uh, quote saying that he thinks that uh, Champions League spots are still on the table for this year, which I think is just, uh, I don't know, wishful we'll, we'll thinking. We'll get to that. We'll get to that question. Like, but, that, that is something I want to talk about. But I think it doesn't hurt. And, you know, they have a chance to, the, it's been a busy half a year, been busy two thirds of the season yeah. for these players and to actually have two weeks, some of it with actually just hanging out with family and being able to just turn off your mind for a second and forget about soccer and just recalibrate with all the stuff that's happened. You know, three managers, all sorts of uh, fan interactions, some good, some bad. Uh, it's, I, I think it's healthy for the players, if nothing else. Yeah, I think um, kind of a chance to re- regroup um, and have that team-building time again. That, mm-hmm. Without a preseason, this is about as good as it gets, and it's perfect for us to have the this mini preseason when we desperately needed that yeah. for Arteta to really get a chance to put in some more fixes. I think we've seen the the a little bit of foundation. There's probably more to be added to that, but you can only do so much with the amount of time that they were having between games. Uh, so I think now, hopefully, we see some nuance to it we see some alternate looks maybe a three in the back maybe more work down the right side maybe some tactical switches in the midfield to um, adjust to home and away games or to different styles of uh, the opponents I think hopefully we can have stability in the team that we're putting out there but also have tactical flexibility with those players Um, and that that only comes with time it may not even be something we can expect this year but maybe we can see some of the the foundation work start to come through a little bit more after this break as well yeah i think so and one of the things our tenant mentioned is that it gives him time for the team to actually get together and just feel more of a team and and that was something that was being said by the players immediately after emery left i I remember there's an interview with uh why am i forgetting uh louise and it was Louise and, uh, oh gosh, uh, I've, one of the other players. Oh, Socrates, so that's who it was. And it was right after uh, Arteta took over. And the first thing they said is it's, it's, it's nice to be having fun on the field again. Yeah. And I think that, if nothing else, four days in Dubai is going to give the team a chance to actually recommit to each other, try and find what that Arsenal thing is with Arteta in the way and kind of just... It's like a reset button on the season, which actually feels nice, even though it's two-thirds of the way in. Yeah, and it's a rare occasion where you get um, a chance to integrate new signings in the middle of the season as well. Yeah. Usually you're, you're having to hit the ground running or it takes a while to get um, you know, your, mid, your mid-season signings acclimated to the, to the group and your, your, your tactics. So this gives uh, Mari and uh, uh, Suarez a chance to maybe crack into this lineup and... Um, We've got a little bit of a busy run coming up. Um, So first, let's talk about Newcastle. Um, They are 
I think they're right around us in the standings. Let me just double check. Yeah, I think they're within a couple points. They're level on level on points, but I think they might be below us as far as the. It it might be goal differential uh, and yeah, and that. But I mean, they're they're just right around us. I think with Newcastle, they're having a better season than most people are going to give them credits for, especially after losing Benitez and having. uh, Gosh, I can see his face. I cannot remember his name right now. Their their manager come in at the beginning of the year. And he's a, just a very practical manager. Steve and Bruce. Steve Bruce, that's right. And he's a very practical manager, and they're playing very, very practical soccer. I, I've seen a couple of games mainly because of the Yedlin connection, so whenever they're on, I try and watch Newcastle just to see if Yedlin does anything. Yeah, and they've got Almiron on yeah, there as well. Exactly, where I care more for Yedlin than I do for Almiron for I think, obvious reasons. I think reasons, the, the, the funny thing about the Almiron thing is I think um, – for MLS, it's like a proof of concept. Yeah. And Yedlin maybe was that a little bit, but was ahead of the wave that they're trying to produce or, yeah. or maybe as artificially as it is, as it could be. MLS is definitely trying to create a, a situation where we're bringing in young players and then selling them on for a, a good return yeah. and, and creating a sort of... Uh, a selling window, so yeah. to speak, so that people can see what MLS has to offer as far as a platform for the next level. As well as make some money. I think MLS has finally realized that transfer fees are actually a good way That's to make That's where the money. money's at. You can yeah. minimum minimum uh, investment for a young player to come through an academy in the U.S., and then all of a sudden they're worth multiple millions. That's um, that's that's a great return. Yeah. But it, so yeah, I've I've, I've, wa- I've watched a bit, bunch of uh, Newcastle, and I think because of Almiron and uh, yeah, then they've been on fairly frequently here in the the US as one yeah. of the featured games, and they're v- very practical. They're not flashy. They're not good, and it's exactly the type of team that I'm scared to play. Sure, if that if that makes sense at all, which is that it's a team that traditionally are a type of team that traditionally Arsenal's had a horrible time breaking down. It's a team that Arsenal is on par with this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think we could go in with any sort of confidence that Arsenal's the much better team by any means. They're both uh, unbeaten in seven games, so they're playing about the same level yeah. as far as their run of form. Um, the last time they met, Arsenal beat Newcastle, but that was the first game of the season, so that's... Uh, a long time ago in this, what seems like an eternity of a season. Um, so there's a, I feel confident because of the positivity coming out of the team right now. Um, it's also a home game. So it's great to come back to that. There's hope there. I think, I, I think it's a game that we should be winning. I know that there isn't a guarantee that we will win, but it is again, another test of Arteta and we need to, I mean, I know drawing is better than losing, but we need to start actually getting more points in the bank right now. Yeah. More than just one, especially at home where we need to be getting three points against a team like Newcastle. And I say like Newcastle, not out of disrespect, but out of just like pure paper to player or players on paper, we are a better team. Sure. And I, I would from start to finish and Newcastle as solid as they are, are also a flawed team, and I think we should be able to exploit it. It's just whether we have that spark of creativity, whether our players feel like playing. Yeah, do we have a, a Lacazette that shows up and, and is in the game? I, 
I go back and forth on this on whether he's what his function whether his function in the team outweighs his dysfunction on the goal scoring side. Uh, well, it is at home, so at least it's not an away game where he doesn't score at all. But yeah, he he does have the better goal scoring in, at home, but even that's been since December, so yeah. the drought continues. Um, looking beyond this weekend, we have two other competitions that Arsenal are still in. Um, we have the Europa League starting back up the following Thursday uh, against Olympiacos. And I, I was kind of looking at their league form, which yeah. really doesn't... You know, how can, It's apples to oranges, right? Like, uh, they're killing it in the Greek League. But when you look at where they were at in European competition, they were in the Champions League, but mostly by default because they don't have there's not really competition in their league. So they get to the champions league and they get crushed. I think they had a a draw and a win and then a bunch of losses. Um, So they're dropping into the Europa league and it's hard to gauge where Arsenal really match up with this team. You would assume most of the teams that uh, come that drop from the champions league into Europa league are going to be a cut above the competition that we face so far. Uh, but this might be one of those that, as far as what we could have gotten, it might be fairly winnable for Arsenal. Compared to what we could have gotten, it is winnable. Uh, Olympiacos, we played with them, what was it, two years ago in the Champions League, I want to say? Maybe three? It's, uh, I'm trying to remember. And I believe we split. The, they were in our group, and I believe... It was split, or we dro- we definitely dropped points. I probably should have done research on this, but uh, they've played uh, eight times mm. uh, and split four wins, four losses, and it seems pr- fairly split between home and away. And that's so. exactly the point I was going to get to: is Olympiacos's home stadium is one of the most amazing and frightening places to play yeah. in world soccer. They have a a true atmosphere there, and it is something that. I think a lot of players that are used to playing in the Premier League are get, definitely going to get a, uh, a eye-opening experience. Sure, um, and they are the Premier Greek side. Um, but it's it's you know as Wenger always used to say, like when you're at this point in the competition, you just have to win who you're in front of, and you're always going to be playing against good teams. Yeah, um, it, I, it is definitely a winnable game, but it's not going to be an easy. Game. Do you know? Are we playing a home or first or away? I was just looking at that. Um, the first leg is away, so yeah. could get that out of the way and then come home and hopefully have, um, you know, we've we've gotten the Newcastle game to get whatever tactics that have been added or whatever has been added from this winter break. Hopefully that gets sorted out at Newcastle. We go into Olympiacos away. That may not. Let's yeah. just say we lose that, or it's a close, you know, a close loss, one goal yeah. loss has a very winnable second leg at home after we play Everton. So Everton's that ga- that middle middle game between and Everton's currently sitting in 7th place. Yeah. Uh, and it's a kind of a I would say it's a must win game if we're going to charge up the up the table. Yeah, was, that's like a 6 point swing we have to get. They, with Everton it's a, it's crazy since Angelotti's coming I think he's they've gotten 16 points. He's definitely shooken up that team and yeah. got them to winning again. And it's kind of funny because Arteta was one of the, or not Arteta, Angelotti was one of the, uh, the coaches that everyone was touting as possibly a, a, an Arsenal coach. Sure, I think that was more on timing than anything, uh, timing and stature, 
more than oh he really fits Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I think everybody was like, well what's the best we can get out there and best on paper maybe. I don't I I never could figure out if that was a good a really a good fit for Arsenal. I think that would have been like a we would have been better defensively, more structured, but not sure if it would have been the Arsenal that we wanted to to see on the field. Yeah, and I mean the things I think a lot of us forget that he's actually a, a great coach. Yeah. And he, he whatever happens with him in Everton, he's gonna go down in history as a, an amazing coach. And but in some of the podcasts and things I was reading, I, I don't think he was a great fit for Arsenal. I think you're right in that that regards that I think it would have been a weird fit. And Arsenal's never really, at least as long as I've known them mainly because we've only had one manager for like 60 million years, but uh, has been a coach or a, a, a team that wants like a big coach, you know, like a, a coach that's bigger than the team. Yeah. Although you, I think that's what we got towards the end of the, the Wenger years was mm. a coach that surpassed Arsenal. I mean, he had the role of grand grandmaster of <laughs> Arsenal pretty much. Uh, he, he was in charge of everything and had his hands uh, in, in all aspects of the game, um, positive or negative. Whatever, yeah. You know, maybe that started as a positive thing and slowly shifted as you can't possibly keep up with all aspects of the game as one one person. Yeah. So there's uh, certainly uh, diminishing returns on that sort of setup. And it was something that had to change. But, you know, I, I don't think... Um, I think the, the, the younger coach with where Arsenal is right now absolutely fits because it get, you know, I think we have to have a younger team. We have to kind of shift to, um, a different, uh, place in the world of football. I think that has to be, um, maybe a little bit more of an underdog role and that's perfectly suited to Arteta, I think, at least right now. Definitely. And I, I, the, getting back to the, the the Everton game, it's a mu- not I don't must win is a weird weird, but I think it will sh- definitely be a test and show us where we're at because I think yeah. there are two teams in very similar situations, and I think the way that the Everton players because Everton had quality on their on their team and has quality on their team and it's showing out right now and they spent big last summer and uh-huh. that's one of the reasons. I'm forgetting the name of the coach that was there previously. Again, see the face, can't remember the name, but that's why he was fired, was that there was a lot of investment and definitely not return. And Angelotti is definitely getting that that return. So I think it's a good measuring stick to see where we are. Right. And um, maybe the one downside to that matchup is that uh, since Everton played this last weekend, um, while some teams were off, their their winter break has shifted. So that's actually the the first game back after two weeks off. So they'll, they'll come in fresh. They'll, uh, we'll be, that'll be our third game. Um, so it could work against us. Um, it's a home game for us. Yeah. So there's that, to that silver lining, I guess. So, um, you're right. Saying it's a must win game is early, but, if 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 we're a third of the if two thirds of the season is done, there's very few games that we have to work with if we're going to make moves on this table. We have six wins, six losses, and a bunch of draws. Thirteen draws. Um, 
we have we cannot get any more draws. We cannot get any more losses. I mean, if we're going to move up the table at all, and and we have five spots to move up at a minimum to make any sort of impact or, you know, to even get back to where we were at the end of last season. So um, I, I don't know. And, and this was kind of my question after looking at all these matches, and we can talk about this now and circle back to the rest of the matches we have coming up. But is there, what do you think is like the minimum we should expect from this team at the end of the year? Is there like a, a, a is there a basement to this? Is there something where you're disappointed or is it all just like whatever we get, we get because this season's foobar and there's, there's I think, no, no fixing it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think with it pointing your third manager in a year, you have to just accept the fact that as long as we don't get relegated, I think it's not a disaster. Sure. I mean, I think the season's a disaster. <laughs> Let me rearrange that. Yeah. But I don't think uh, we should have high expectations. I think it would be nice not to be lower than we are when we uh, got rid of uh, Emery. I think that's kind of the basement. I think we do have to be cognizant of the fact that relegation is as close as Champions League is. Yeah. And that could would be a real disaster. And so you just have to kind of let your. I, I gave up the season well before. I mean, before Emery was fired, I was so like, the so it's all just icing on the cake then. Like yeah. any positive we can get from. I, I don't. We've been kind of set in that seven to ten range. Yeah. I think for quite a while. So I, I think if we can get above that, that's that's positive movement. But if yeah. we stay in this middling zone, uh, there's a lot that. It's, the work is cut out for us going into yeah. next season, especially with the, the change in wages that would have to happen if we didn't have European football. And I think uh, that being said, as a basement as where we are now, it would, up, I think, apply more pressure to Arteta next year to, to show some proof earlier. Whereas if you can give some sort of positive momentum coming out of this season, even if it is just getting to like seventh, sixth, uh, do a nice run in the cup, the FA Cup, yeah, so that's the other competition we didn't uh, mention was that yeah. we've got FA Cup coming up uh, beginning of March. Um, that's against Portsmouth. Yeah. So winnable game. Yeah. Continue that streak. It's a it's a, a tournament that Arsenal have won a record thirteen times. It would be tacking on a fourteenth would be a nice talisman to have, but it's kind of like beating Spurs. Like it's nice to have. It's nice to do. But the reality is we could pat ourselves on the back for all kinds of little things, for little achievements, but it doesn't affect the long-term goals of, of Arsenal, like not getting into Champions League, not getting to Europa League does. So I think those, those have to be the priority, but I don't know if we can expect any of that it, it would be uh, you have to have a really good run from this team and i don't know yet if they have it in them i think the fa cup offers uh, offers an opportunity just in giving a positive spin to this year sure you know especially as you've seen the other teams and how they've kind of treated the fa cup this year with liverpool's fueling a squad of basically their c squad yeah in the tournament uh several other teams not taking it as seriously. It's definitely the opportunity is there for us to take. And silverware is silverware is silverware. And yeah. 
even mentally for the players, being able to have that parade, lift up the trophy. I think I, it gives you something to play for. Yeah. Uh, if we look at the the tournaments we have left, and and we, you know, I'd much rather go deep into Europa League, but um, you can't always expect uh, these two leg. You know, it, it's a lot. It's a lot to do. Um, FA Cup, win a game, you move on. This is very achievable, and you're playing a low, lower level uh, talent than, well, until you get to the end, perhaps. But, you know, maybe then Liverpool decides to show up and bring the, the A-level talent they have. But until then, you know, the, ports, the likes of Port, Portsmouth versus Olympiacos, that's, that's might be a big, big difference. Um, so it might be the more achievable one. It doesn't do as much for us, but I think, right. Any, anything we can get out of this season would be a positive. Yeah. And I, and with Portsmouth, Fratton, again, Fratton Park, it's at Fratton Park and that's a, uh, a difficult stadium to play in. They have a fanatical fan base, even in league two, they've had a great run in league two right now. I think they've won, they've won a decent amount in a row. I can definitely see this as a uh, banana skin. And I think them not winning this game is almost as would be a, a very damaging <laughs> thing yeah. losing to League Two competition. So I'm hoping we t- take at least this game seriously. I think I don't think Arteta can afford to be. Um, he can't. He can't hold back on any of these. And I think we have the talent level even on our bench to field a second team that can compete and do pretty well and still kind of mix in some of those first-team players. It is going to be some somewhat of a challenge in the next month or so, rotating guys. Um, we don't... The Ozil position is the one that, that concerns me uh, the most. Everywhere else, I think we can rotate pretty well, but we don't have a like-for-like for, like for that. So that's, I Willock. I mean, like, there's guys, but it is a big difference to the way we, that we play when Ozo is not available. All the loud cars are out yeah. tonight. Yeah. Um, the the run of games after uh, the second Olympiacos game, which is on the 27th, we hit the Man City game, which is away. Yeah. That's on the 1st of March. That is going to be an interesting one on storylines alone. And I'm sure we'll talk about that more as we yeah. get close. But uh, we will have to see how we are after the next four games to see if we even have a shot to stay in that game. Yeah, I, I think right now we should we need to be just taking things like one game at a time. Yes. Like it's just not even looking forward. They're just trying to, to get through these immediate tasks because – that's where our goals need to be set right now. Yeah. I think it, it really February, the rest of February is a big, big month um, yeah. between the, the four games that we have. And um, it would be difficult to count on Europa League beyond that. Um, we really just got to see where we stand um, come beginning of March. That could really set, set the stage for what the, the end of the season looks like for us. Um, but something that came to mind when you were um, talking about Arteta needing to show something next season, if we didn't have Europa League, if we didn't have Champions League, do you think that's a positive or a negative? I mean, uh, 
for Arteta's um, chances of turning things around? Is it a positive or a negative? That's, a, that's an interesting question. I think I always want Champions League or Europa League. I think financially we do need... Your if he th- has better players, his chances of turning things around, sure, look yeah, better. Exactly. I, I think I understand the idea that it can be a distraction. I Do I think we would have gotten fourth place last year if we didn't have the final? I don't think... I don't have that feeling. I know some... In Champions League, I think Champions League may be a little bit different just because it, it, it's just... More is on the line and the competition is stiffer. Sure. I, I I just can't see a benefit of not being at least in Europa. And if we're in Champions League, the benefits way outweigh the, the, the negatives yeah. for Champions League because the, the money is just way better. Uh, I think the Champions League, we'll say that's a no-brainer. You definitely want to be in Champions League if you can't be. Yeah. But say we're on the bubble, Europa League or no Europa League, would you go with or without? I think you go with. I, 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 don't, again, I don't see the, the negative. I don't, I, I don't blame our domestic form on being in Europe, and I don't think it affected us badly last year. That I haven't actually gone through the numbers and seen how many games we lost after playing in a Europa League game it would be interesting. I, but I don't, I don't get the feeling in watching the team that it's affected us negatively. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, you know, we've, we've just been bad regardless. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it, it affects teams with a smaller squad a lot more. So teams, you know, like a, a Burnley or if a Sheffield United gets in it next year, those or Wolverhampton even, the, those are the ones that get affected by these games. Whereas we. You know, we have a decent, or should at least on paper, have a decently deep squad that can handle that. Like, you know, when we were playing in the group stage in Europa League, there was a lot of rotation and we were still able to get out of the group. Yeah. And like I said, we have young players that can totally step up right now. They've had really good development years. Uh, So I think we can certainly continue that into next season. and develop more young players. I think that that should be the the model of the team going forward is development as, as much as we can to sell on because if, if we're not getting those Champions League uh, dollars, we have to generate income from somewhere else if we're going to continue this self-sustaining model that they insist on having. <laughs> so it's, if that's what we have to do, then it's got to it's got to be buy buy low, sell high, and. That, that's not a bad model to have even when you get to the Champions League level. I think you cushion out those top-level players with a, a strong youth side or a strong um, development side that allows you to have that flexibility to go out and get the stars. So um, if it takes a down year to kind of get on that track, um, I'm okay with that. But uh, I think... If, if we don't get Europa League, there has to be a kind of a, a shifted commitment so you really see that. Like, we're going to yeah. go out and get some of the best young players out there and, and really build a team that's uh, maybe starless to some degree, but, you know, guys that have tons of potential and let let Arteta kind of form the team that way. Yeah, and I, I, I think if you don't get Europa, it just puts so much more pressure on your league form and your league position. Sure that you don't have a, a little bit of a distraction, which is I, I, one of the benefits of the Europa League is 
you can go and point it and say, at least we did this well last year. You know, like last year we can go, at least we made the final of the Europa League. Yeah. You know, whereas if you don't have those other competitions, it just puts a strong spotlight and I think it makes your position a lot more difficult in the league. Well, I think some of the best games we've had in this season have come from the other tournaments. Um, you know, having strong performances from our younger players, the rotational guys that we weren't seeing in the Premier League and have now somewhat stepped up into those those starting positions but um that that can be some of the the fun stuff is really seeing the up-and-coming players make it make a name for themselves we've seen it with martinelli all season um saka is another player that we saw and and willick to some degree as well who's stronger earlier in those those uh europa league games and um that Hopefully we'll we'll continue, but if if we don't get into that, um, we'll we'll get by. I think. Yeah. I think Arsenal will continue. It's like, <laughs> we'll survive. We'll survive. Um, anyway, I think that's pretty much it for this week. There's not a lot more to talk about, unless you wanted to talk about this. Uh, Emery stuff. I, did you want to go into a little bit of the? Uh, uh, we don't uh, have to. I, we can. We can. I, how about I, I go with like just a weird thing to end this all out okay which is our players are in dubai right now yes and the most like i don't know much about what to do in dubai i've was reading can you drink you can in certain places in dubai they've definitely made and some of the players are definitely from what i hear are imbibing some (laughs) are not um Uh but so the only thing i know about dubai is a guy named salt bay right who, if you don't know who Salt Bay is, he's a famous chef who makes good meat apparently, and then does this flourish with salt. And yeah. all the soccer players apparently go to this restaurant when they're in Dubai. And most famously, Ruberi, a Ribery, went there and ordered a gold-plated steak <laughs> and ate it. And now it's called the Ribery steak. What does that do to your stomach? I was just going to ask you: Would you <laughs> eat a gold-plated steak? I'd be happy with just a really good steak. I think the gold just seems like it might make the steak worse. Costs 500 pounds, I believe, is what they uh, priced it at. Okay. Um, You know, I see gold leaf uh, used in cooking a lot, and I don't really understand what it is or why you would eat that. Um, It seems like it would detract from a really good cut of meat to me. So I I would probably try it, but I have a hard time pulling the trigger on that price, even if I had the money. (laughs) I think I'd rather get a 500 cut of like Wagyu beef from Japan or something like that's like world-renowned cut of meat over just gold plating a a steak. Well, it reminds me, like when I was a younger kid, too young to be drinking, but somehow magically drinking. Uh-huh. I uh, used to drink Goldschlager uh-huh. all the time, and it was not good. It was just because <laughs> of the flakes of gold, and yeah. I don't feel like it helped my drinking experience or the taste experience any. When they do stuff like those sorts of gimmicks, it's like, are you trying to get kids to drink? Because this is <laughs> this is how you do it. Yeah, exactly. It's like putting a, a prize in the bottom of the <laughs> on the bottle. Um. Well, I think that's just about it for us this week. Uh, thank you so much to all of you who have uh, stuck with us through our first 10 episodes. Uh, we've had a really nice time last last week, and uh, we're going to continue to come, come at you with more episodes, more new segments, uh, and hopefully more good Arsenal news as we go along here. Um, 
if you would like to participate and give us some questions. We've really been whacking your questions lately, and we miss you, whoever you are. Send us what you're thinking about. Please. I mean... We absolutely would love to have more involvement from every one of you listeners. Uh, if you want to do that, the best ways to get a hold of us would be westofnorthlondon at gmail.com. Send us your life story. Send us your questions. Send us your comments. Anything you're thinking about, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And the short form response would be with Twitter, and that's at west or excuse me, at W of N London. And uh, just shoot us a quick comment or question. Uh, we usually record on Tuesdays, but anytime that you want to send us a question or any of your thoughts, uh, you can hit us up there. And typically I will try to live tweet games and give you my sense of things. But, uh, you know, if uh, you're just thinking about what Arsene Wenger ate for breakfast that morning and you want to talk about that, we're there for you. I often think about that. So. Yeah, I mean, that guy. <laughs> Probably Bran. I, I, I was, was going to say, he's a fiber guy. Yeah. He's a fiber guy. Um, and uh, we want to thank the Copper Tree Coffee House for having us, as they do every week. Uh, as you can hear in the background, we are in Seattle, uh, <laughs> in the city, uh, enjoying all the sights and sounds of uh, city life here. And uh, if you're in the area, swing on through. Uh, we'd like to thank Vise for letting us use their music in our podcast. Uh, Light Lost is their album from last year. Go check it out at your favorite streaming service. And uh, if you like what you've heard, share us with your friends, with your family, with your maybe your Arsenal fans that you know. That might be the best group to share us with because otherwise people might be confused. Yeah. Um, that's the best way to get, help get the word out. But if you can't do that, if you don't know anybody then go on to iTunes, go on to Spotify, wherever you are listening to us and write a review. doesn't have to be long. doesn't have to be, uh, you, you don't even have to be honest. Just give us five stars. <laughs> um, no, just, just tell us what you think. And, uh, we'd love to hear from you on there as well. Um, I think that's it. That's, that's all. It that's all I could think of. Yeah. I, we've, we've run out of things to talk about with Arsenal this week. So I think we'll call it a day. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, see you at the next gun show. 